Welcome to The Right to Shower, critical conversations on homelessness and cleanliness. Hello, and welcome back to The Right to Shower, conversations with social experts and leaders on why access to cleanliness is a human right. This podcast is brought to you by The Right to Shower. The Right to Shower helps build mobile showers for those experiencing homelessness. So stick around at the end of the podcast to learn how you can get involved. I'm your host, the man with the plan and all the energy in the world, Darius Baxter, president and CEO of Good Projects. And at this point, guys, we're like in episode like 58 or something crazy. Maybe not. Like, I think it's like 12. But visit goodprojects.org and find out all the amazing things that our team is doing in Southwest Washington, D.C. I'm very proud. I'm actually really tan right now because I've been out in the sun. There isn't a better kickball player in the country than Darius Baxter right now. I'm telling you that's a fact. But there are people that are doing a lot of amazing work in other areas. And today is one of those days. It is actually the finale of our show. And joining me to wrap up the discussion on the right to shower and its importance is the Director of Marketing and Communications at Lava May X, Mr. Colton Cody. Shout out Mr. Colton Cody, I love that name. And the Programs and Impact Director at Lava May, Ms. Amber Wise. I did confirm before the show started, everyone, She's not actually French, so it is wise. It's not with say. We have Miss Amber Wise on the show. She did also say she didn't have any fun facts, but hopefully we'll find out some throughout the podcast. So together today, we're going to discuss the impact in the work of Lava May X. You might remember we spoke to a few other members of the team on some of our earlier episodes. Go check those out. I won't spoil the surprise. But Lava May X is doing some amazing work, and I'm interested to find out ways that you at home can help provide access to cleanliness to those who need it the most. So without further ado, let's hop right into it. Let's welcome to the show, Mr. Colton and Miss Amber Wise, not with say. Hey, guys, how you doing? <laughs> hey, hey, how guys. are you? <laughs> hey, I'm, I'm doing good, if you can't tell. Welcome to the Right to Shower. So excited to be here. Yeah, very excited to be here. Thank you. Cool, 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 cool. Well, you didn't share your fun facts with me in private, but do you have any fun facts for our listeners? Uh, maybe about <laughs> Live May X before we get into this? Well, I have some facts. I don't know how fun they are, but we do have some facts. Oh, they're fun. If you're talking Lava May X, they're fun. <laughs> okay. So Lava May is actually a, a nonprofit that started and was founded in 2013 by Donnie Sandoval. And her thought, and I think her epiphany moment was that if we can put food on trucks to serve the community, we could definitely put showers on wheels in trucks to help serve those who do not have access to cleanliness. And so from there, she was able to get launched in 2014. And we provide a direct service for about five and a half, six years, every day, Monday through Friday, sometimes Saturday, just providing those services, showers and other essential services to people experiencing homelessness on the street. In our work, we found an opportunity to begin teaching others to do what we do. Once people found out what we did, they were calling us to find out how do we do this in our community? How do we do this in our city? And in 2020, we actually completely shifted the primary focus of our program from direct service of showering to teaching other people in the United States and around the world how to start their own shower programs in their community. And so that's what we are today. We still do do some direct service once a week, and we also still do pop-ups, but our primary focus is really just mentoring and advising people who want to start this in their community with our philosophy, not just logistically, but with our philosophy of radical hospitality. Certainly. And thank you for sharing that, Ms. Amber. You talk about putting showers on trucks, man. They're putting everything on trucks, man. Food, okay. <laughs> voting booths, everything. Right? Uh, but the man Why responsible not? for toilets and showers. Uh, yeah, there we go. And the man responsible for making sure that the work gets out. Let's hear from him before we get into this, Mr. Colton Cody. First off, amazing name, sir. Thank you. 
I would say one really fun fact about the team here at Lava May X, not so much as like a hazing exercise, but what we do here as staff for everybody who comes on is we do the shower challenge where every single one of our staff people who joins our team takes a shower in our shower trailer so they can experience firsthand what it's like to take a shower in our trailer. This is getting salacious. Exactly. And <laughs> we can use that to know what the experience is like for our guests and how we can know how they feel while they're in there and make it the best experience possible. Okay. I, I love that. Well, sometimes we can take for granted and underestimate the importance of being able to clean ourselves a shower, hopefully at our own homes and not at work. But what are some <laughs> of uh, <laughs> what are some of the positive impacts taking a shower can have on a person, uh, Mr. Cody, as you talk about this? And why is showering so vital to living a healthy life? Well, I think you and I can agree that we've all probably showered today, if not last night. And it's pretty much a daily, if not a twice a daily routine for most for most people in who the summer for sure it's, it's it's human here in DC exactly it's it's what really connects us to feeling good and feeling like we can go about the day it's the difference between wanting to do things and feeling like you can't do anything and imagine not being able to do that for a week or even a month at a time it's also really important to your not just your mental well-being but also your physical health we see a lot of people who have exposed wounds and other injuries that they need to keep clean as well as maintaining other hygienic aspects that doctors require. So it is really important both for your mind and body. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I would agree with that 100%. Like I said, it is hot and muggy in D.C. And oh mm-hmm. my gosh, I'm showering two, three, four times a day. If I ever <laughs> run for president, they're not going to be asking me to release my tax returns. They're going to be saying, we want to see your water bill. Okay. <laughs> Ms. Amber Wise, what for you would you say is the most rewarding thing about your work at Lava May X? Oh, my gosh. Um, was it the shower? Was it your hazing shower? You were like, oh, No, my it God. wasn't my hazing shower. No, <laughs> 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 it was a reality check. And I was really proud that I worked at Lava May after I took my shower. Because I was like, this is nice, right? <laughs> yeah. um, but I think the most rewarding thing about working at Lava May has definitely been the appreciation of knowing that you're making a difference in someone's life. There's been multiple times where people just come out the shower and they're like, thank you so much. I feel so much better. Or I had a job interview and now I'm able to go to this job interview and feel confident. That's a little bit on my soapbox as well. You know, how do we expect people to try to get to the next? (laughs) Stop. (laughs) Only at the right to show. (laughs) Right? (laughs) So like, how do you expect people to like move beyond a circumstance if they can't get clean? Do you expect them to go to interviews dirty? Do you expect them to go apply for housing dirty? and not be judged and be received. So just knowing that you're making a difference in that aspect is like one of the the most rewarding things, just appreciation and knowing that you're making a difference and knowing and seeing them eye to eye, the mood change when they come out. Some people go in super frustrated and come out feeling human again. A lot of times on the streets, you don't have a lot of privacy and privacy and having that time to yourself just does so much for you. We've gotten a little irritated at times because people didn't want to come out. But in knowing what's going on, it's like you have a little bit more compassion because, you know, they probably haven't had any time to themselves in who knows how long. No, I understand. So, Cody, you're the marketing guy for Lava May X. I've done a little bit of marketing in my day. I understand the pressure of that. 
But here you are working in a space where you're sharing this mission, this vision, not about employees showering at work, but about providing this opportunity to people that are experiencing homelessness. What responsibility do you feel in shifting the narrative and changing the way that people view and see those that are experiencing homelessness? I would say that a big part of my job is really bringing the message out to people that what we're doing isn't just a Band-Aid like solution to a problem. What we're doing isn't perpetuating the problem. What we're doing is something that's an essential human right for everybody in this world. Not just taking a shower, but being able to have clean bodies, clean hands, as we know, is especially important in today's world. And my role is really just sharing that with people and also letting people know that doing this work is possible and that you can, with the right support, bring this to your community. And we're here to help you do that. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. So what would you say just in you all's work, and this is open to the floor, what are you all seeing are some of like the biggest stigmas and stereotypes of those experiencing homelessness? I would say one that we come across is that most people obviously struggle with drug addiction, alcohol addiction, mental health, which is true. But many of the people that we see as well are people that we call kind of the invisible unhoused, people who live in their cars, people who don't look visibly you know, living on the street. And a lot of these people are working. A lot of them have families. They have mothers and dads and sisters and brothers and are really just trying to get by. And a lot of people who are newly experiencing homelessness as well. So the problem isn't limited to one group of people, right? It can Mm. happen to anybody. And they're all our neighbors at the end of the day. Piggybacking off of what Colton said, I think that with that stereotype, what we found is like, even with statistics, people who deal are dealing with mental health or drug issues, that's not even accounting for, it's less than half of the unhoused population. And like Colton said, a lot of people think homelessness is just what you see on the streets or by the freeways or under the overpasses. But you have individuals who are living in RVs, individuals living in cars, individuals who are couch surfing. Those individuals are still considered unhoused. Um, There's a huge population of people experiencing homelessness that is not just what you see on the street. Even going back to what Colton said about what we do perpetuating the services, the misconception is that unhoused people want to be homeless. Like if they didn't want to be homeless, they would pull themselves up, get their life together. But what you find working out in the streets is that that is the complete opposite. A lot of the guests that we have do not want to be homeless. They want to move to the next step. And what we find is that the longer they're homeless, the more the streets can kind of grab you. Certainly. Yeah. We've seen people come up, but we've also seen the depression and the discouragement of being on the streets, the tiredness that comes from being awakened by, you know, like police or street sweepers or other unhoused people stealing your stuff or you being abused. What we don't think about other women on the streets that are sexually abused all the time. Like that wears and tears on a person. So it's really easy from the outside in looking in it to judge. But at the end of the day, nobody, I love, uh, Donise would always say, nobody as a kid dreamed about being homeless when they grew up. It's just mm-hmm. like the circumstance of life. And I think that a lot of us are one or two paychecks away from the same situation if it comes to that. Yeah, particularly the way gas prices are going right now. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> but the way that I like to look at it too, like, look, who are you to judge? Because 
this this entire experience, and I've learned a lot over the course of this season. It's basically like people trying to get abs. Like I would love a six pack. I wake up in the morning, I'm like, hey, I love it. And everybody's like, huh, I'm in the gym every day. But if it was that easy, everybody would have one, you know? Sometimes it's not. We got to work at it. But I, I know, and I've shared over the course of this season, I have my own personal experience with homelessness. You all may not be aware, but I didn't realize actually until I was an adult that I experienced a form of homelessness when our house got foreclosed on and we had to pack up all our boxes and go live with our grandmother in for almost two years. While my mother, brother, and I shared a small room in my grandmother's house in Southeast Washington, D.C. Mm-hmm. I just associated that with, okay, we don't have we had to, we won't got the house no more. Like we all share, it's six of us sleeping in this two bedroom house. Um, but it wasn't until I got older. And actually, and I've had this experience with the right to shower. It was like, God damn, we was homeless. Oh, good Lord. Like, I just thought everybody watched their mother sleep on the couch. But uh, for you all, like, what is your personal draw to this space? What brings you not just to Live MAX, but to be passionate about those experiencing homelessness? Because this ain't easy work. I don't know your boss, but I'm sure they ain't paying you Wall Street numbers. <laughs> but like, what's, what's keeping you engaged? For me... What really keeps me engaged is just seeing the transformation that something as simple that as a shower can make. I remember one time. Oh, stop it, Colton. Don't give me that political answer. Give me something deep. This is the season finale. Come on, man. Give me something. It really is true. Honestly, like I've had people who come to me coming out with tears, giving me hugs and just thanking me for quote unquote, treating them like a human being. And that just really means something. And for me, that's, I think if we all took a little time to help somebody who's experiencing homelessness and see how much that can transform them, I think we could all be a lot more sympathetic and compassionate and want to do more to help solve the problem. Um, Amber, you have anything to add to that? Yeah, I think for me, I've always been... I think my whole career, I've always been in nonprofit social service spaces. But for me, and particularly Lava May, it started with me with my interview. It just really, I couldn't say, seeing the appreciation from the guests. For me, what drives me is there's two sides of it. So there's the direct service side and then there's like the mentorship side, right? So on the direct service side, the stories that you hear from guests of who they were, you never know who you're serving. We've served doctors, we serve engineers, we've served caseworkers. You never know who it is you're serving. And to Maybe Tyler Perry. Them, yeah, I mean, you I never, think. absolutely, absolutely. And to give them the hope and the dignity to see the light at the end of the tunnel is what really drove me on site. What drives me with mentorship is having a person come to you with just this dream and this vision for what they want to do for their community, walking them through that process and then seeing the excitement of them like launching and being like, okay, this is good. And then seeing them also succeed and continue that process in their community. So I think that's what really drives me, the excitement and hearing their stories and what excites them and what motivates them to keep going. This is not an easy process. It's not an easy field to be in, but I think the stories, I think the appreciation, and I think me just being able to walk somebody else and give people, giving people the information that I know is something that is really exciting to me. Uh, it's exciting to me too. And Colton, I heard you talk about in your response about how people say you made them feel human. I've learned a lot about Live MAX over the course of the last 12 months. And one of the most important things that I've learned is this idea that you all have around radical hospitality. Both of you all in your perspective roles, both you, Ms. Amber, as the Director of Programs and Impact, and you, Mr. Colton, 
in your role as the marketing and communications director for the organization. How do you all bring this virtue of radical hospitality into your perspective positions? For me, I always try and bring some level of radical hospitality into all of our messaging. Everything that we're going out there, really just highlighting how this work, it's much more than just giving a person a shower, right? How people can set up their own mobile shower program with bubbles and music. And we've seen people set up coffee carts and making sure you hand the towel to the person face to face rather than just leaving it in there for them and just making sure that you know, just the whole design of it, right? And trying to tell that story of what people are doing out there as part of our communications efforts is just really important because it really shows other people that they can do that too. Ms. Watts? I think for me as program director, it's really making sure that we maintain the radical hospitality on site, interacting with the guests, the making sure that things are like done in this really nice over the top way. Because I know, you know, we can get comfortable. And so just making sure that we're continuing to strive for radical hospitality on site. And I think we shifted the focus in 2020. So I think in a lot of ways, we're still curating what that looks like in our mentorship program. But really, right now, what we're doing is identifying ways that we can make our program better in order to serve those that we're training. How do we make them feel special? How do we encourage them in the most efficient ways? And how do we make sure that our training is substantial enough to train and advise and mentor and really get what we're doing out to the world? So you keep referencing back to sort of your role as a mentor. Um, Mm -hmm. Do you have any stories that you can share of a mentee that you may have worked with? Absolutely. I have one in particular that's always, he was one of my first ones. His name is Sam. Hey, he Sam. He came to me. Hey, Sam. Miss <laughs> Wise, she's on the show. <laughs> <laughs> so Sam is in New York and he, I, he was actually probably one of my first service providers that I worked with. He came to me and he had a dream about what he wanted to do. Sam actually, I believe, has lived experience and has experienced some other things in his life. And he really is in a position now in his life where he's giving back. He works as a substance abuse mental health counselor. And this is something that he wants to do based on the people that he's been working with. So I've really been working with Sam, going through helping him get his nonprofit, the trials and tribulations of being discouraged about fundraising and getting his trailer. He was actually one of our service providers that we funded through the rent stipend. The thing that inspires me the most about Sam is that he saved for a really long time and he literally put his entire savings into getting his shower trailer as his were his down payment for his shower trailer. And that just really showed me the motivation that he had for this. And the way that people have come together to help him fulfill this dream is really inspiring to me. He launches soon, so I'm really excited for him. And what's the name of Sam's organization? Mobile Community Showers and Wellness Services, Inc. Mm, and that's what we love about Lava May X, empowering the next generation of leaders. For those experiencing homelessness, this is going to be such a, a hard topic to cover. But one of the things is I'm sure you all experience in the work that you do every day. When you have conversations, I mean real conversations, I don't mean just giving a dollar saying hi, but when you talk to people that are going through these situations... More often than not, these are some of the most kind, caring, genuine people. And all of our viewers, and if you're not, man, you ain't a friend of mine. I think all of our viewers can agree that we have tried to do our best over the course of this season to show the human side of those experiencing homelessness. We've had guests. We've had 
politicians. We've had those that have actually been on the street at the time. And every single one of them, when they come on this show, you would think that when you think about the right to shower, this is a place where we're, we're talking all sad and talking about, oh my God, people in the rain. No, positive, man, because there's so many people like yourselves doing this amazing work every single day. So yes, Darius Baxter is coming on here with the jokes. Darius Baxter is coming on here with the energy because I know that we have a brighter future, not just because of the two of you individuals, but because of thousands and thousands and thousands of people across this country that are doing the work. So with that being said, let's get back into it as we come into our last few segments of the show. Mr. Colton, how do cities and communities go about pursuing a future where people who are experiencing homelessness can get the services they need and to take a shower when they need to get clean? And I'm not just talking about your team members, man. We already know you guys are hazing each other. I want to know, what do we need to do? This is season finale, season finale. Yeah, I, I mean, it's really a group effort from all sectors, right? I, I think we've been seeing that cities like Seattle who are partnering with certain big corporations in their local communities to fund these services. And I really believe that to bring more of these hygiene services on the street, it really needs to be a solution that we can all get behind. Put it into our city charter, right? Make a whole department in your city just focus on hygiene and sanitation for people. I mean, we're all in need and that's really what it takes. And also housing is obviously the biggest solution that people are pushing for right now. But for the amount of time that takes to do that, we have to put in these measures to make sure that the people who do end up experiencing homelessness have a place that they can stay afloat. And I think these showers and other critical services that are street-based or are available to people is what really helps do that and keeps people motivated to get into housing. Certainly. And I can only imagine Ms. Ember, in the role that you have, and I, I'm an executive director of a nonprofit myself, a lot of the work that I do is engaging with the community, engaging with different partners. As you're seeing as the director of programs and impact, how important is like just general community outreach to building a future where people experiencing homelessness can get the access to the services that they need? It is so super important. I think that's one of the first things when we went to the streets we discovered you can provide we a love shower. the streets. We love the streets at the right okay. to shower. We in the streets. <laughs> talking you... about the streets, y'all. <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> so what? that was one of the things we discovered on the street. Once individuals went in to shower, they came out and they were like, oh, well, do you know where I can get a haircut, where I can get some clean clothes, where I can get this, where I can get that? So we were like, you know, maybe we need people to come join us to provide these services because what we found is people are much more receptive to receive receiving their services once they took a shower as compared to maybe if they had to walk three miles dirty, agitated to go to each and every place they needed a service, right. it wasn't going to happen. So we found that partnering and community outreach and asking people to come join us. And because of the trust and rapport that we've built, it helped enable us to become facilitators for partners to receive the same trust and rapport that we had. So community outreach is super important. Asking people to come partner with you is super important. The more, like Colton said, it takes a village, you know, and I think that more and more people that work in this field are starting to understand that even if you place individuals in housing, the wraparound services are super critical because say, say, say that again. I wish I had a playback here in the studio. Even if say. you place individuals in housing, wraparound services are super critical. You have to deal with the trauma that was experienced on the street. You have to deal 
And one thing that was surprising to us, I think that we found that once people got housed, sometimes we would start to see them again. There's a need for community. Sometimes there is this trauma of grief of them being housed and their friends not being housed. And so the wraparound services are just as important as the housing services. That makes the partners just as important as the housing solution itself. Mm, That is beautiful. That is beautiful. That is beautiful. This is not something that I talk about often professionally or personally, but I'm amongst friends. Our listeners have been with us now for 12 episodes. And I'm just sharing a little bit of good news. Nobody else has any fun facts. I'll share one. Uh, So when I was 26, talk about the forethought. Hopefully this inspires a few of our listeners. I used my first time home buyer's credit to buy a four unit apartment building um, in Northeast D.C. And I spent every dollar that I had on that building. I actually put myself $26,000. I know how much it was because I looked at my credit card and I kept seeing the number going up. (laughs) $26,000 in debt. I didn't even know you could put that much on Home Depot on a credit card Okay. Uh, because it was so important for me. I wanted to build, uh, I wanted to turn this four unit building into a uh, transition space for single mothers transitioning out of homeless shelters. Amazing. And everybody's in my ear, my contractors, mostly my contractors uh, telling me what we got to, why are we putting uh, hardwood floors in here? Why are we putting chrome finishes in the bathroom? Why are we doing this and doing that? Why are we manic- redoing the lawn and all these different things or putting the, the nice lights? The lights are beautiful. Oh, my God. The lights. We spent so much money on them lights. But I was like, because this is going to be, for some of these women, the first home they've ever had outside right. of, as adults. Right. And particularly, if we can make an impact on them, for them to know as they're transitioning out of these homeless shelters, that they get to move into this space. With these housing, they were having vouchers to transition to these places. If they can know moving into these spaces that somebody went the extra mile to make it so that they could have luxury living, it will change the way that they view themselves. Absolutely. And ultimately, if we can change the way they view themselves, it will change the way that they parent. Absolutely. And if we can do this for four people on a block, it will ultimately change this entire community. Absolutely. And I'm very excited because right before I came to the studio today, I received a call from my property manager. Shout out my property manager. He's killing it. And one of our families was actually just awarded a permanent voucher. And they are asking, can they remain in the unit? They don't want to leave. It's supposed to be transition housing. They're like, can I use my permanent (laughs) voucher to stay? TBD, if we're going to let them stay. But just the fact that I even got that call shows me that every dollar and every dime that we spent was worth it. Because I go and I speak with these women and I'm just seeing they come in with nothing but a trash bag. We're seeing them now, like to keep themselves up. We have showers. <laughs> the water's hot. I know because that water bill, some of them, golly, I got to talk to them. They be running, running that thing <laughs> long. People have my own heart. But no, I listen to you guys and I hear it. And this is so beautiful. And I know it to be fact through my own experiences, mm-hmm. just how powerful not only a shower is, but looking at people with shameless plug to the right to shower with dignity. There we go. Uh, <laughs> Shout out our, our fresh scent dignity, um, charcoal and cotton blossom. Okay. If you haven't if you haven't tried it yet, you can find it on Amazon. But, Too funny. But wrapping up here, despite this being the last episode of the Right to Shower, the message of the show and the opportunity to help those experiencing homelessness has not diminished, and it will not diminish. But we have an opportunity to make a change. But I want to ask you guys as a final question, then we'll get into a 
a little a special round robin of our affirmations, but what can people who are listening do to help advocate and make sure everyone who's experiencing homelessness has a right to shower? We'll start with you, Mr. Colton. I would really just try and rally to your local city council people, to your state people, really try and make this part of your city's services, honestly. The more that they hear from people who believe in this and want to bring this to their communities, the more support that they'll get and the more showers we'll be seeing on the streets. Miss Wise? Ooh, I have a list. So, first of all, I need for people to take this seriously. She got a list, but she ain't got no fun facts. Do y'all, do y'all hear this? Okay, you it's know crazy. what? I do got a fun fact. As a matter of fact, I do have a fun fact. And it's I've been waiting. This, you ain't heard my feelings, none. I've been waiting on a show. <laughs> we 30 minutes into it. I ain't heard a fun fact. <laughs> so, inside joke. When we would do on-site service, because we also are due direct service, we get the donations of the right to shower soap. At the end of the day, when we would have to refill the containers, we wouldn't just ask each other, can I get some soap to refill? We'd be like, could you hand me some dignity? Could you hand me some strength? Can you give me some joy? So that was like our little inside joke, whatever we needed at the end of the day. And it would be like a personal thing, but it would be like our little inside jokey joke. Well, not only has she been sitting on a fun fact, she has been sitting on a fun fact relevant to our show. <laughs> it's just ridiculous. She's been holding out on us. But come on, come on, Miss Amber. What, what, what can people do who are listening to, to, to help advocate? Because we want to make sure that everyone experiencing homelessness has a right to shower. What can they do? Absolutely. So first, what I would really encourage is for people to take this issue seriously. We cannot continue to turn a blind eye. We cannot continue to ignore the situation. Like the problem's not going away. In fact, the problem is increasing. So sure. what we really need to do is to really just take it in ourselves and make it a serious issue. Like Colton said, really bugging, because <laughs> it's what we've had to do. Bug your city officials. Be on top of how much money is going towards homeless services. If there's no money being spent towards homeless services, nothing's going to happen. So just really being involved on that front. If you are not comfortable going and volunteering, the first thing I would say is volunteer. But if you're not comfortable doing that because of COVID or for whatever reason, donate to organizations who are serving. The best thing you can do is try to help them stay afloat in these times as well. La Femme is a great organization. Not only do we do great services, we also mentor, which leads me to my last point. Start a shower program for yourself in your community. You have the resources. We have the resources to help guide you through the process and through the program of how to do that. But if you can't, you know, volunteer or if you don't want to volunteer, you can always donate. You can always go to our site and share what we're sharing. We share on LinkedIn all the time to share, to get, make people aware of the issues and how they can get involved. So I'd say volunteering, donating, and starting your own program. Well, with this being the final episode, we do a little special segment to close out where we ask our guests, and we it's, for now we got special because we got two. We ask our guests to share an affirmation to our listeners. So would either one of you all like to go first? What type of affirmation are we talking about? Like, is this a personal affirmation? Is this like a... <laughs> well, to do this work takes a lot of positive energy. It's fairly draining. And I'm a huge believer in the transfer of energy. So for all of those that are listening to the Right to Shower podcast today, with the positive energy that we bring to this space, it's pouring into their hearts and their minds and their souls, and it gives them the encouragement to head out into this fight for those that are experiencing homelessness or issues that may be important to them. So Ms. Amber, Mr. Colton, 
Might you have a word of encouragement for our listeners today? For me, my affirmation is to take things one day at a time. Because the more I think about how big the problem is and how much work it's going to take to solve it, it can get overwhelming and seem impossible. But taking it one day at a time and really staying focused on that is a really good affirmation that I follow. Ashe. Awesome. An affirmation I'd like to impart would be, you are all important and you all have something to say. And whatever you have to say, somebody wants to hear. And I feel like that's something that covers your guests here listening, those on the streets. And for us, we're all important and we are all connected. And it's important to listen and important to consider what others have to say. And on that note, for the last time, a huge thank you to Mr. Colton. A huge thank you to Ms. Amber for being with us on the finale today of The Right to Shower and for helping us better understand the power of cleanliness and why everyone, everyone deserves the right to shower. Thank you so much. Thank, thank you. From the bottom of my heart. We enjoyed it. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Thank you. Thank you. I'm ha- I've been having a great time. <laughs> I-, I thank you guys. But more importantly, no love lost to you all. More importantly, I want to thank the listeners. Can I say that again? I want to thank the listeners because you all have been rocking with us now for an entire season. Yeah, give them a hand clap. We don't have a we don't have a laugh track on the show. We ain't have the budget for it. Our producer's too cheap, but 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 thank you to the listeners, not just for joining us on today's episode, but joining us for this journey. And I'm not just talking about in the context of this podcast. To be listening to this show means that for some way, somehow, you were connected with Lava May X. Some way, somehow, you were connected with the Right to Shower brand. Maybe you follow me on social media or one of our guests. Somewhere along the line, you are paying attention to the issues that matter. So grateful for you all. Thank you for bringing awareness and visibility to those experiencing homelessness and all the many issues that I know without a shadow of a doubt that you all are passionate about. I would say for more ways... To provide access to cleanliness is follow Lava May X and continuing to support them in this journey the way that the Right to Shower has done for many, many years. You can visit them at lavamayx.org slash support to learn more about opportunities to volunteer and most importantly, spend that loot and donate because the mission must be funded. You can also buy our shower products on the therighttoshower.com or through Amazon. For the time being, and for every soap you buy and shower you take, you help us bring showers to the streets. And you've continued to do that for years, and we are so grateful for you. Another free and simple way you can do is to help rate this podcast, leave a review, or share it with friends so that we can spread the power of the shower to even more people and ensure that Darius Baxter stays, his voice resonates for years and years and years to come. It's been a fun journey. I've had a great time. Thank you to all of our listeners. We look forward to continuing to inspiring for as long as God puts air in our lungs. I'm Darius Baxter, and this has been an amazing season. Thank you, everyone. <laughs> <laughs>